Love you. Appreciate you. Man, God's good to us, isn't he? Hallelujah. But I'm glad we don't have to face these storms and times by ourselves. We're not exempt from them. God don't pull us out. He can, but he doesn't. And some of the reason is because he wants us to be a, a man to walk in that light, to be the salt in these times, uh, to show others how to really live, how to really handle uh, circumstances and challenges. Amen. To so thank God. Amen. If it comes our way, that God to give us the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the ability to handle it, and handle it the way he wants us to handle it. Hallelujah. We wouldn't be a bunch of mully grubs and a bunch of crybabies. And... I mean, I, I, I get so sick of that spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, I, they, that, that's one area that I don't last long. Mama didn't put that in us. She didn't put up with crying. If you was crying, there better be some blood on the scene. You better be swelled, you know, something swelling up. I mean, one particular time, we was just fixing to get on the bus. And son, uh, something, I don't know what it was, a wash or something had got in my shoe. Hey, and that thing hit me. Son, I mean, I fell out on the ground, snatched that shoe off. I thought it bit my whole toe off. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in that few seconds, but still, she said, hey, you, baby, you can stay honest. And oh, I got my shoe back on. I went to school. Can I be honest? 99% of this generation would have stayed home. I ain't being ugly. I'm just simply telling you where we at. But I'm not going to allow that spirit to get in this church. It's in some, but we're going to drive it out. <laughs> Praise God. We're overcomers. We're made overcomers. That's the reason God needs a church that walks right in the same valleys, climbs the same mountains to be a representation of His glory and His power and His authority. We don't depend on the government. We don't depend on the world. We appreciate them and we pray for them and we invest in them. But we really depend on Jesus Christ and the mercy of God and the angelic host and the Lord of hosts, amen, to strengthen us and anoint us. And I'm telling you, they don't have appeal. They don't have nothing upon this earth that can compare to it. If you want to be lifted up, get in the Holy Ghost. If you want to be made an overcomer, get in the Holy Ghost. If you want to live a victorious life, get in the Word of God. Get your prayer room. Get your own fellowship and relationship with God Almighty. He's better than the president. He's better than your rock and roll box. He's better than your country singers. He's better than your neighbor. He's better than your mom. He's better than your daddy. Nobody like this God to sustain us and carry us through. And God's not going to have a little anemic church on the earth today. He's not got a church that's been bought and sealed with the power and authority and the love of God. Amen. So we just, you know, I think we'll be a part of it. Have no regrets of making my way to, to the Pentecost experience and experience the Holy Ghost. And I have no regrets of coming out of the world. <laughs> that world ain't got nothing but heartaches and disappointments. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. Don't get entangled in the affairs of the world. The affairs of the world are a dead-end road. That's the place they're going. Only thing that's going up is Jesus Christ. Love not money. And because the love of money is the root of all evil. But if we're going to be blessed, I want to be blessed for the kingdom of God's purpose. And glorifying of His name. And fulfilling what He wants to upon this earth. To represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the reason we don't talk the same. I'm sorry. I'm going to let the classes deep miss. Praise God. We've got a good lesson, though. We've got a powerful lesson. Get a good revelation of this lesson today. Huh. Who's being bound and who's being loosed? Whose traits are you going to walk in? Huh. Whose kingdom are you going to represent? 
whose likeness Amen. You know, I don't advertise that I'm a preacher. Not even at that hardware store. I answered that phone and some of them tried to correct me. And I corrected them. <laughs> it's a place of business. I'm not going to answer it, Brother Moore. I'm going to answer it, William. I was called William a lot longer before I was called Brother Moore. <laughs> I got some folks I hunted with, and they said, hey, you can call me William. It don't bother me a bit. Well, you tell me Jesus' last name. I ought not do this, Hannah. But watch this. Top three men in the New Testament, we know them as what? Jesus, Peter, and Paul. Can anybody tell me their last names? Okay, so I'm just trying to make a point here. Sometimes we elevate, and I know respect, and I know they say, I preach after it beat me up right now for what I'm doing. But it's still in the Bible. Because <laughs> we have a tendency sometimes, we're not careful, we elevate the wrong man too much. It's just his goodness and mercy and grace. I'd be out there just as lost, just as loony as some of them. And it's going to be his mercy and grace and compassion that's going to keep me that I don't wind up there. And there's even a greater power than that. You watch this. If God uses us in the way that we're hoping for and looking for in this local assembly, we better have the mercy and grace and power of God with us. Because when those miracles happen, they're going to throng you. And they're going to be bothering you day and night. And if you don't have the goodness and the mercy of God to keep you, you're going to get full of pride and arrogance and wind up lost. It's happened time and time again. So we need that balance. We need that balance. We've got a good lesson today. Uh, a house divided. A house divided. Man, it's, it's brought down to a house here. Even though we know Jesus called it a kingdom. And, and you can uh, talk, call it a nation. But, but anything that's called, it can be a company. But uh, a family that's divided. We know the scriptures taught us except to agree how can they walk together. Amen. And that's the same way with us when and even in marriage where two become as one in agreement and, and the world working, that don't mean you agree on everything. So that's where tolerance and things. Now, if it's the word of God, the word of God trumps everybody's ideas and opinions and wishes and desires. Word of God's right. We just got to submit and humble ourselves into the word of God. Why? Because it's written. And you can't change it. It's written down. It's written down in blood. And nobody can change that. Nobody has the power or the authority. I know they accuse us. Well, you got your own interpretation. No, I don't. I don't have my own personal interpretation. I got the Holy Ghost that gives me interpretation. The Holy Ghost is what leads and guides us into all truth. It also helps keep us in truth. I'm just as concerned about that today, amen, as I am, amen, being led and directed into truth. Because we got way too many that once was led, directed in truth, that's not continued to walk in truth. So I'm just as concerned because nobody dies to themselves and nobody leads to themselves. And especially those that goes out there and builds another assembly and calls it a house of God and a way of worship. But it's in the spirit of error. You're talking about calling confusion, especially in the generations to come. And so, you know, here we are. Uh, this lesson is going to help us out in some of these things. And I thought the first song that we, we, we sung this morning was, was really setting or said and done whenever the count is settled. How many of you feel your count is settled? And keeping it there. 
How many of you ever went to the bank and you paid a note off and two days later you walk back in and say, hey, I need to borrow some more money. I start a new account. Let's find something else I want to buy or purchase or need or whatever the case may be. And uh, so likewise with us, John made it clear to us that even, and he's writing to Holy Ghost people, he's writing to the children of God, if you sin, you know, and if you say you haven't sinned, you, you, you make God a liar, and yourself a liar, because we've all sinned to come up short, we've all dropped the ball, we've all made mistakes, we, we walked in a course and a power, now there was a difference, and we're going to talk about some of this in a minute, because this lesson helps us to understand who, who, who dominates the ruler, and who gets the recognition, and who, who receives the honor, and where it needs to go, even Paul himself made it clear unto us to follow him as long, as long as he followed Christ. So he, he left the opportunity or door there that if I quit following Christ and, and what you know the Holy Ghost is leading, directing us, then you have a right, amen, by the word of God to quit following that individual. Amen, because they quit following Christ. Christ is the one that we, we, we he's the chief cornerstone. He's the prime example. He's the one that we want to follow after. He's the one that we want to follow the traits of. Amen. That's the reason we're called Christians. In Antioch, the first place you read in your Bible, they was called Christians. Why? Because they was Christ-like. They could tell by the familiarity, by their conduct, by their conversation, by how what they've been delivered out of it. And the powers of demonstration they're walking in now. Amen. These are followers of disciples of Jesus Christ. Even though Jesus Christ was dead and gone. Amen. But yet, amen, there's something about this. Jesus Christ is still alive and well. It's called the Holy Ghost. It's called the Spirit of God. It's called that measure. Amen. It's following the commandments and instructions and guidance out of the Word of God. Amen. He moved upon holy men to write unto us, to give us instructions to go by and live by. I know we're living in a world today don't want to think no more about the word of God than something they want to sit on a, on a counter somewhere and collect dust. But I'm telling you, if you want life, an eternal life, and you want to live a victorious life in this life, you got to pick up this old black book, and you got to fall in love with it, and you got to read it and study it, and let it come alive in you. The word of God's alive. It's alive, amen, to do what? Fight against the devil. Fight against the power, the forces, amen, and the imps of the devil, the snares of the traps. It's the word of God that keeps us out of all of that. We got to be careful. We're living in a world today. We're living in a time today. There's so many voices and so many uh, spirits. And, and now, through computer and technology, we have access at a click of a button. Man, you can almost Google anything. And if you're looking, if, you're, if, you, if you've experienced this, but you became a little weary or frustrated, or begin to doubt it, or begin to become weary. I don't want to live that way any longer. Guess what? God and the devil will see to it to give you the opportunity to make your decision, to make your choice. <laughs> so, there's one thing about it I don't want to become divided with the house of God, I don't want to become divided with the kingdom. God if there's ever been a kingdom that you and I need to walk in like never before it's the kingdom of God he taught us even in prayer that what thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven to walk in his kingdom to walk in his life and so we're going to talk about some of that and 
house divided to focus first is going to be found in Mark 3 and 35. The whole lesson actually is going to deal with this chapter and uh, other chapters we can bring in. But uh, Mark's writings here, how he unfolds some things. And, and you'll also read it in Matthew also. But uh, here, we're going to uh, watch some things unfold and th- things take place. And, you know, we're living in a generation that's power-hungry. That's looking for, you know, everybody's looking maybe for their place and make their mark in life or how you want to look at it, you know. Uh, the homes we live in, the automobiles we drive, the clothes we wear, places we go to eat. <laughs> Some of y'all need to post eating at home. That would shock a lot of us. <laughs> Pastors, you ought not be that way. <laughs> Praise God. Well, God's good. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, that's where we're at. I mean, we're posting what we eat, what we're eating. And we're trying to, you know, I don't know if we're trying to get amens or we're trying to make people jealous or what we're trying to do when we're doing this. <laughs> Boy, I hit a stop. I can feel it too. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Praise God. But you know what? You know, that, that would be, you know, the post what you homemade. <laughs> My wife's got a poster <laughs> sitting above the stove. She says, if you stir it, it's homemade. <laughs> Praise God. I can make a lot of homemade stuff, man. Put it in that microwave. 15 seconds, take it out, stir it, put it in for another 15 seconds. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I'm a chef. <laughs> Hallelujah. But don't come if you want anything beyond that. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. Amen. If you don't, you know, don't, don't come and look at the boxes and the papers and everything. <laughs> Praise God. But when it comes to church, folks, come living for God. Some things won't ever change. We're serving an unchanging God. We're serving a God that if you're going to be delivered, it still works the same. You call it old-fashioned and you call it new because it works the same way. And because there is a power of Satan. And I'll tell you, this, this lesson's really got me stirred last night and again this morning. Amen. Because I understand and realize as we really take note to what the lesson's telling us and, and the demonstration of Jesus Christ when he walked upon this earth. The power, amen, to bind the strong man. And, and here's the ultimate question. Another for the you Testament writer in the fees talks about he says according to the power that worketh within us and so the question is for you and I as believers or as unbelievers amen what power worketh within us how do we know what power is working within us in the conversations and the places we go and what we submit ourselves to and where we put in our investments that's the power that's working within us and that becomes the God that rules and reigns in our affairs that's the reason I don't like to fool around and mess around with this self little pity party and attitude and spirit poor little old me every time every direction I turn this happens every turn you need to quit to doing all of that and recognize and realize the power of the tongue hey I tell you what every little pain I don't jump up and say well that may be cancer I don't do that but neither do I want to do it in the spiritual realm 
You know, I could very easily begin to compare myself with the Bishop Odom. Begin to compare myself with some of our great evangelists we begin to have. And some of these that seems to have such a mind that's, uh, you know, but we're not going to do that. You know what pleases God is when you and I as individuals. Now, it's the house divided. It got to the house, okay? Even Paul warned us. He said, don't examine yourself among yourselves. I believe it's twofold. I believe there's some that, you know, it's very easy. <laughs> well, you, you, you ever have any of them friends at school? When you went to school, they never took a book home. They never done any homework. They never had to study. And they trumped. They made 90s, 95s, and 100s. And, and you could study half the night to come in all blurry-eyed, swelled-up-eyed and all that. And you was glad to get a 72. And you want to look over at that front and punch him in the face? <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell you one thing, you would stir me up, and I probably would punch you in the face. When you looked over at me and say, oh, you just lazy. Okay, I'm just being honest here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? I have come to the conclusion this gifts, it's talents, and skills, and ability. I know some of it you got to work for. So I know you can't throw them all in the same bag. No more than you can throw all preachers in the same bag. No more than you throw, I'm going to go where you live in. No, no, no more than you can throw all mamas in the same bag. Or all daddies in the same bag. All churches in the same bag. Amen. Neither can you throw all gods in the same bag. Because my God, amen, is the only one in the back. Because he's more than enough. Amen. He's more than enough. He's, I find my sufficiency in him. I don't have to call on another name. I don't have to look for another gospel. I'm not looking for another experience. I'm not looking for another. The body of believers. I found some satisfaction. I found some peace. I found a joy. I found a man in this house. You ain't gonna find it any other place. You know what I found most of all? I found some deliverance and liberty with some circumstances in my life that I couldn't seem to shake off until I come to truth. And when I was introduced to truth and I began to call on Jesus, some strongholds that was in my life all of a sudden began to lose its hold and lose its influence and its power, amen, to rule and dominate and control my life that I didn't have to be a servant to it any longer. Hallelujah. That's the real power. Amen. It's whenever he walked in them, their lives and set them free and delivered them. That was a demonstration of who he was. And so that's what this lesson is really about. Now, it, it's powerful. You read the lesson, uh, hopefully, if you hadn't. Uh, there's some things brought out in this lesson. Some statements is made about Jesus Christ himself that may catch, catch some off guard. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard this statement? Have you ever been called you out of your mind? <laughs> if it's for the kingdom of God, that's okay. But if it's not, well, I just leave that up to whatever the event was. But that's what they were saying about Jesus. That's what his friends, and about 10 verses later, it helps us understand, get a little better glimpse of who the friends were, which happened to be his mama and his brothers. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the expressions. You didn't read your lesson. <laughs> We're going to get into it. Let me ask you something. You ever had anybody out there when you, especially the way we dress, 
the way we try to conduct ourselves and live. Especially when we're in revival and we start going to church three and four and five and six nights out of the week. And they'll say, are y'all out of your mind? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all must be some awful people. (laughs) Praise God. But if you love doing something. How many nights of the week they got the bar rooms open? How many nights of the week do they have ball games going? They've already taken Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Friday night, high school. Saturdays, college. Sundays, NFL. That's our gods. The grammar schools takes Tuesdays and Thursdays. And they think we're out of our mind because we want to go to church. I mean, I mean, if you look at the denominal world, they don't even have midweek service anymore. Most of them only have one service on Sunday. We got some Pentecostals that's having service on one Sunday, and that's it. I mean, once on Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm, I remember, I'm not going to call his name. He wouldn't want me to. He might not want mine, but anyway. He said, man, I love home life. He would actually drive six hours one way home to spend about 24 hours and drive six hours back. Other guys at work say, man, you must be. He said, no. He said, I love my home life. Apparently, you don't love your home life. There's something wrong at the house. <laughs> I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to drive those six hours both going and coming. Especially since the company's paying for the gas. I mean, all I got to sacrifice is the time and effort. <laughs> anyway. So that's the same way with the house of God. It's, no, it's, not, you know, it's not that, you know, because I love coming to this place. Because when I came here, this is where I began to reveal things being didn't reveal to me. And I began to find some liberty that I couldn't find any other place. I began to find some freedom that I couldn't find any other place. I began to find a joy that I couldn't find any. I began to find a way of living, amen, that puts something inside of me. That I don't have to have something get me up in the morning that comes out of a can. I don't have to have something, amen, out of a bottle to put me down at night. Come on, I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you, we live in the world. It's time for the church to be the light of the world. It's time for the church to be the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. If we can't change it, it can't be changed. But there's nothing that can't be changed. It's willing to be changed when you bring it in the presence of God. I don't care how, how demonical they are. I don't care how depressed they are. I don't care how sick they are. When you get them in the presence of God, they got a chance to be changed. Hey, I'm telling you what, and I'm going to fight against another spirit. I didn't come to change the church. I came to be changed. And anybody's coming to this house to trying to change the church, you got a pastor that's going to war against you with everything it is within me. Holiness and separation makes all the difference in the world. I'm not going back to bigger elements. I'm not going back to be shackled down. I'm not going back into darkness and misery. I'm not going back groping from one episode to another one. <laughs> no, I found something, amen, is worth dying for. Not just living for. I found something worth dying for. It's amazing to me, some of the worldly people. <laughs> they live to get to the next party. But the end of that party is they bow down and worship their God. I hate to be gross, but I'm just coming. I mean, they bow down and worship their God. Oh, 
I'm never going to do this again. Six hours later. You know what? I think I'm feeling better. I think. Praise God. Help me, Lord. He is. You know, I said that preacher's out of his mind this morning. That's the problem. We got to get out of our senses. If you, if you can wrap your mind around it, if you understand everything about it, if you can manipulate it and control it, God's probably not in it. Praise God. God's looking for a church that's going to trust Him, rely upon Him, and let Him have the controls. And when the odds are against you, when it don't look like you have a chance, that's the way God likes it. He likes to put us in patience, amen, that we don't have a chance. If it happens, it's going to be a God thing. If it happens, amen, everybody around is going to have to notice. That's the reason the Bible talks about the first miracle that ever took place in the New Testament church. It was a notable miracle that those that called them in, the Jewish leaders and the so-called spiritual leaders of that day and time, they could not deny the fact of the power that the crippled man, amen, had been loosed. So they understood and realized. You know what? They also recognized the name that that power and authority came in. Well, y'all make a big deal out of the name of Jesus. We sure do. The Bible says all power in heaven and earth is given to this name. Amen. His family, both in heaven and earth, is called after this name. Unless you take it in baptism, you haven't took on the name. I want to take on the name. And I want to use it respectfully and godly and for his kingdom because it's about him. But our lesson this morning, focus verse, I'm going to get started, 3 and 35. For whosoever shall do the will of God. Catch that. There's a big difference in hearing and doing. There's a big difference in having good intentions and doing it. There's a big difference in believing it and doing it. Noah could have believed that it was going to rain and never build an ark. What would have happened? Noah could have had good intentions for 120 years to build an ark, but never, never build it. What would happen? Never happened. He that do the will of God. Let's do it. The same is my brother and my sister and my mother. And we'll talk about this. You know, another place the scriptures taught us that you, unless you hate your mother, your brothers, your father... You don't love me. So, so what's God trying to paint a picture here? I, I believe this is very important. I, I really do. Because if we, we get the revelation of this, if we get a good understanding of this, it'll help us when we have to make those strong decisions with our loved ones about the doctrines of Jesus Christ, about separation. When we make a stand and won't let them do what they want to do, that's worldly. you got to love this kingdom. 
Gotta love God and the ways of God and the commandments of God. Jesus made it, made it, said, if you love me, you're going to do what? You're going to keep my commandments. Again, a house, a house. If you're looking for the majority, you're not joined up with the right group. You'll have to go join up with the, I'm going to have to go join with the Trinity. They outnumber us. And I know the numbers. I hear the numbers. But those numbers come under Pentecost. But Pentecost's flag has went. I'm not even sure if I can see the ends of it anymore. But there's things that still disqualify us even when we claim the banner of being Pentecost. What's some of those areas when they refuse to take on his name in, in baptism? When they refuse a man to make it essentiality to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because Jesus said without his spirit you're none of his. When they refuse to come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean things, that disqualifies. It's on a lesson. It's, it's on a little heading called obedience. Let me ask him, what got us in trouble from the very beginning? What got us in trouble in the garden? Disobedience. Disobedience. That's how that Satan persuaded Eve, beguiled her, that you will become as gods. You know what, makes, what made Adam and Eve gods that day? When they took of that fruit? Because now the power of choice and the conscience was awakened. And now they can choose both good or bad. Up to that time, that choice wasn't there. Uh, and I may have said this before, but I, I either heard, read, or an, an article, amen, talking about America. Maybe it was even said here. But it talked about America, amen. But the, and he was talking missionary workers. I think I mentioned that one time here. And it was a missionaries. He talked to some of them in some of the foreign countries. And, and he's, he's, he's he looked at them and observed and said, man, they seem to be so happy, but they don't have a whole lot in life and a whole lot to offer them in life. But they seem to be so content and satisfied and happy. And the children were just happy. They was playing and going on with what they had, you know. And, and so the missionary there began to expound to him and say, hey, look, he said, America, y'all, y'all are in trouble. Here's the reason why. You got too many choices. Too many things to choose from. So many different. You know, it saved a lot of people, you know, if we had one, one brand of vehicles, one color, one price. You wouldn't have to go out and debate nobody and argue with nobody. You wouldn't have to do. You know, and you would probably buy in yours many vehicles. Boy, I'm shooting at us this morning, ain't I? I, I mean, I'm just telling you. It's choices, amen. It's, it's, what, it's what advertising's all about. And, and, and so how, how, do they, how do they create that desire in you? How do they create that hunger in us? How do they, how do they, how do they cause that? You know, and, and some people, you know, they, they call them habitual buyers. You know, they don't need it, nothing. It's just a sale. I mean, you know, I, I don't want my wife, I don't care how much it's on sale. I don't want her to go out there and buy, you know. You know, I don't need her to go buy me 20 pairs of shoes. I don't care if it's, you know, $2 a piece. Amen. I, I don't want her to do that because... First of all, they're going to be in the closet, and I don't have enough room in my closet, and I don't need all that. And you know what? You know, 20 pairs of shoes, I, I won't live long enough to, you know, to wear all them shoes. And besides that, you know, they're going to be in style, out of style, back in style, and all before I get to wear it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You know what? I'd rather you just save that money unless invest invested somewhere else because it just because it's on sale don't mean I need to buy it. And there's some people, you know, I hope I'm helping somebody here this morning because what happened to advertising? Hey, look, how does that happen? What God warned us, put eye salve on our eyes. Hey, man, make sure 
Our little ears and our little eyes. We used to sing the song, be careful, be careful, be careful. Amen. Why? Because what you watch is creating a desire. It's creating a hunger. It's creating a thirst in you. What you listen to. Amen. And then people want to say, you're not, what are y'all, y'all, you don't want to listen to no country music. No, we sure don't. I don't know why I'm on all of this, but I'm on it. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, and especially we that claim the Holy Ghost, if we lend our ears to country music, to rock music, hallelujah, we're being divided. The kingdom, we're dividing the house. And I'm telling you, your house is divided. It will not survive. It will not be victorious. It will not have revival. He won't see the miracles and wonders and signs of the power of God work in it. You can't be divided in your heart. You can't be divided in your spirit. You can't be divided in your mind. Preach to us this morning. I'm going to tell you, you know what our sickness and our problems are? And why it's so much mental now? It's the lack of this right here. God promised us what? Spirit of a what? Of a sound mind. You study the word sound means healthy. Keeping a sound mind, a healthy mind. Well, a good way to keep a sound and healthy mind is what you ingest through your eyes and ears, and also even by touch. Bishop Odom taught us years ago praying for people, especially the opposite sex. This works both ways. Gentlemen, you have no business touching any of these ladies. Unless it's your wife, your grandma, you know. We have no business. He says, forehead from arm up here. He said, the spirit of fornication can transfer as much as easy as a touch. And where would the devil have desire to have a more of a playground? And <laughs> to prove. Now watch this. I'm going to go back. I know I'm... I'm I mean, I'm following a lesson like maybe I should, but, but why? It's all about demonstrating who has the power. Who's ruling. Who's reigning. That's the reason we're taught in the scriptures about the spirit of envy and strife and bitterness and jealousy. We can live a life of separation and we can keep the outside but if we're not careful, what's, what's on the shelves of the inside? That's far more important. <laughs> I wonder what would happen to us if we begin to pray as much for our physical hearts and lungs and liver and all these organs and gave half the attention to them as we give to all of this. Have you prayed for your heart as much as you pray for your hair? <laughs> Have you prayed for your heart as much as you pray for hair? <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, God's talking to us. Our condition, our condition. It's a lot of time spent on the external. But none of that exists without the internal staying healthy. You know, God can give us brand new pancreas. All our sugar problems, God can give us a brand new pancreas. 
And if he don't, you know what? That's okay, God. If you don't want to do that, you know what? I'm going to accept that. I'm going to smile. I'm going to live for you anyway. I'm going to worship, magnify, and exalt you. I'm going to call on you to keep me and help me. Same way with other things. Arthritis, whatever. You know, all of this. So, man, I don't know. I've got on. Anyway. Truth about God. Jesus recast what family looks like. Has family been recast to what it looks like than what it did 50 years ago? So the devil's working. It's just as hard to recast family also. But he's shaping and molding it, amen, for division and separation and no agreement. Working together to achieve nothing. Because the devil knows if you've got strong families, you can have a strong church. If you've got a strong church, you can have a strong society. If you've got a strong society, you can have a strong county. If you've got strong county, you have a strong state. If you've got strong state, you've got a strong nation. Hey, hey, hey. You better wake up, amen, as a house. Because it's a house divided. Everything else is going to crumble out too. The house, the family is the root of everything else. Why you make a big deal about divorce? Why you make a big deal about fornication? Why you make a big deal about lying? Because all of those elements destroys the family. And they've been introduced by the devil himself. Who introduced the, the fruit, to, amen, to Eve? Who brought the topic up? It wasn't Adam. That old serpent. He hasn't changed. The prince of the air has not changed. Shooting fiery darts. <laughs> Can I say something here? We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. But we need to be sober and vigilant for the right things. If you're not content and satisfied where you're at, if the devil can get a hold of you, he'll start showing you things that you've never seen on your own. The problem of the church. The problem of the family. And after a while, you begin to justify that. And after a while, if you're not careful, you begin to say, you know what? I'm going to find me another place. It's amazing to me. You can watch fields, and from a distance, that field looked greener. From a distance, that looked like a better field. Until you finally get close enough. And you get in the field. And you begin to really observe and look. And hey, this thing is not what I thought it was. So. Let's, let's go into the lesson. Truth for my life. I will be born again. And faithfully live for Jesus. I will be born again. Uh, this lesson is going to cover a lot. Let's begin with, he starts out in Genesis 29, chapter. He talks about Jacob. We know the story of Jacob and Esau. We know how that um, 
through Jacob, the 12 sons, the 12 tribes. It's, and Jacob was the one, amen, his name was changed to Israel. Now he has the power, amen, not only is, is with man, but with God and man. We know the 20 years is a process. We know how that he showed up there and he rose the stone back so that, uh, amen, Rebecca, amen, can, can get the, not Rebecca, but uh, 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 Leah and uh, Rachel. Rachel can water her cattle on and makes her way there. And now he writes out a little story. You read that story, how he put it out there. And, you know, he just used his own imagination there a little bit about the hat and all this other that went unfolded took place and and uh, but remember remember now this ties in if you was here Wednesday night you heard a man the good evangelist preached to us and he talked about the poor a man how the poor a man would take that that especially if they had a beautiful little daughter how they would use that bride that young little daughter as an avenue and a means a man to become rich by by selling her and if you read on even in the story of of here with uh, Rachel and Leah you're going to see as it went on the time that Jacob's fixing to leave you're going to read where they even talk about how that their daddy had sold their possessions and land and used them amen for his benefit not theirs but for his own amen even through Jacob and you'll see how that and so the, the writer's really letting us know through all of this amen is is the, the traits of Jacob as Jacob explained to him what unfolded and what took place in his life and how he, he wound up where he was at and so now, now Laban, amen, sees the traits of a likeness of him. He can tell it's his own blood and his own likeness. And so the writer goes from that. And when you begin to start with the, the God's family members and, and share his traits. Have you ever, uh, this week I heard something. I won't mention their names, but I even mentioned to my wife. And she said, you know what, I didn't know that. I was shocked. But there was somebody that was blood cam that's an aunt to somebody, amen, that I never knew it. I never dreamed of it. But that individual came into the store and they began to talk and and anything unfolded. And, and so, you know, sometimes just, you know, I had somebody come in the store the other day and, and I, he was kind of being a, throwing a slur. He said, everybody over here is blood kin. I said, no. I said, we may be all kin, but we ain't all blood kin. I said, it's some marriage anyway. Anyway, you know, anyway, I don't, I said, well, you can't pay attention to all that junk. But anyway, hallelujah. But, but, but here we are, you know, you never know. And so how did it get, well, the smaller that story I was getting to, uh, they said, you know what? You're looking just like your daddy, and you're looking just like your grandpa. And the only grandpa I knew, I said, well, he ain't looking like him. But anyway, at the story, at the story, and they left. Come to find out, he was kin to them. And, and so we begin to realize that connection trait. There was a likeness. And if you read your lesson, you're going to understand. Traits sometimes comes through genes. And so, so you can see where people that have familiarities, and they have a likeness. You look like so, and you look at the image or the likeness. Now watch this. This lesson also ties in, amen, to our Wednesday night services. We've been talking about walking in the light and walking in the image of Jesus Christ. If anything that you and I ought to be guilty of, amen, is be called a Christian. Hallelujah. They sometimes we're called being chickens because we don't handle situations the way men and, and, and people may think we ought to handle it, amen, because we don't do this or do that. But sometimes we just simply wait on God and trust God because vengeance belongs to him. It doesn't belong to me if I get vengeance in my heart. If I get vengeance in my spirit or my mind, I'm telling you what, I not only destroy them, I'll destroy myself and my family and I'll plant a seed and I'll start an avenue and a spirit and a trait, amen, to be passed down to my babies, my grandbabies. And the Bible says the, the iniquitous sin will be handed down to the third and fourth generation. Right. And so 
you watch this. That's, that's what he was talking about here. That's, he talked about Jacob. He talked about Laman. He talked how that worked. And you, you know the story, how he changed his wages and, and different things that took power. And 20 years, 20 years of Jacob's life, he took to bring him back. And so, be part of that. Something very important. I want to be a member of God's family. Everybody here wants to be a member of God's family. You know, <laughs> you know, only a very few, and they may not have a choice sometimes, but very few has the choice of choosing your earthly family. You know, by adoption, you may have <laughs> to choose, but that's not very often. And sometimes in the adoptions, you really don't have an option in it. The state and everybody else took over because you were so young, and they, they knew more than you did. And, and anyway... I jump a bunch of rabbits this morning. I don't know where all them rabbits is coming from, but I, I'm telling you, hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you what, to, to be born in God's family. Everybody wants to be in God's family. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter about your social degrees. It doesn't matter how poor or rich you are. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. Everybody ought to want to be in, in God's family. Amen. Because you and I both know by the scriptures, if we got any common sense whatsoever, it's only God's family that's going to be victorious. It's only God's family that's going to live out in eternity. It's only God's family, amen, this promise that's going to obtain these inheritance and through our Lord Jesus Christ, when you throw the Hebrews, amen, it talks about inheritance. He gained inheritance, amen, and received a name, amen, that was above the names and all the names of the, the angels. The angels had to bow down to and worship him. And through that same inheritance of Jesus Christ, we become a part of the soul, but we must be born into this family. There's no options. There's no other way around it. If you try to come any other way, you come as a thief. You must be born again to see or to enter into the kingdom of God. John's writings 3 and 4. Amen. From Nicodemus. Amen. To, to a little lady that's at Jacob's well. He makes this message. Jesus Christ himself makes this message clear to us. There's no way of getting around it. I know we're living in a world and a religious world that, that's got all around it. But I'm here to tell you this morning. Amen. It's forever set under the heavens. And it's the only means and ways. And so that's what makes this part right here so important. Obedience. Amen. Obedience to God. Obedience to his voice. Obedience to his command is the only way I'm going to make it. Disobedient children or not, they're not going to make it. Man, that disobedience is going to keep them out. And so we see that the power, obedience, amen. And, and the, the, he, he writes, he says, obedience is basically what the DNA of the kingdom of God. Amen. The mechanism by which we grow to resemble God. <laughs> there are some scriptures that I could bring out this morning. In one place he says, being perfect like your father. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I would. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm just dust. I'm just flesh. I'm just an earthen vessel. But here's the problem with that. And here's what the religious world's done. They use that for a crutch, an excuse to live sinful and unguided lives. And claim salvation at the same time. And then you, we wonder why the world is so confused out there about Christianity. <laughs> if you as God, how many ways would you make it to heaven? Yeah. I do just like this God. 
I'd make one way. I'd make it straight, and I'd make it narrow. I'd get one road. I wouldn't even have to have no lines in the middle of it because, you know, nobody else shouldn't be coming this way. If it's straight, <laughs> I'd take that old Toyota and put it in the wind. <laughs> I don't have to worry about running over somebody unless they're driving too slow. <laughs> and then you just get up behind them, blow your horn, and speed them up. <laughs> Help him along. Love your brother. Yeah. Prefer your brother. I just, I'm just, anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> then he goes from that and he talks about Jesus, the families, the friends, and, and criticized him. He uses some key words when you look in Mark 3 20, 21. Uh, I want to use, I'm going I'm to just come out of here for a minute. Uh, I've got way too many more, but I, I won't get to, but I'm, I'm going to just do the best I can. So here we go. We, uh, we've got to watch some things unfold here as, as Mark writes it and lays it out for us and the, the walk and the experience of Jesus Christ. And, and so when you drop down now, and I'll go back to the beginning of this chapter and in the previous chapter, it's, as we watch Jesus in his ministry and he deals with the Sabbath and he deals with people in the synagogue. Now he's done, done that and he deals with the Sabbath. In fact, the, the latter part of that second chapter deals with the Sabbath and, and he lets us know that the Sabbath wasn't made for God, but the Sabbath was made for man. Okay. <laughs> And then beginning of this chapter, he's in a synagogue and preaching to them. And again, it's dealing with the Sabbath and what they can allow to do on the Sabbath. And he said, can you do good or evil on the Sabbath? And he calls this man to stand up. He's got a withered hand. And, he, he, and they watching him. They had set him up. They allowed the man because he wasn't even supposed to be in the synagogue. They set Jesus up thinking they was going to get him. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's constantly trying to set you up and put you in snares and traps and position. That's the reason you and I need to be vigilant and make sure that when things is brought to our recognition, who did it come from? The devil or God? Did it come from a backslide or did it come from a Holy Ghost filled individual? Because that makes all the difference. Of what's really you being taught or fed or being instructed by. Huh. Can I? I'm just mad at the devil, nobody. But wounded and hurt people wants to join with wounded and hurt people. And they want to justify why I'm wounded, why I'm hurt, why I'm feeling this way, and why I can't. Here's the problem with that. Here is the problem with that. You'll never get over it. If you're going to get over them wounded spirits and all of that, you got to get with somebody that's healthy. You got to get with somebody that's overcoming. You got to get with somebody that says, hey, I can lead you out of that. I don't want to stay in it. The strong man. Remember, the strong man. He's constantly trying to come back. Go back and read Matthew. It talks about how, how that once a man repents and the unclean spirit has left him. And the unclean spirit's gone for a season, for a period of time. But he's going to come back. And here, watch it. It's so important. If the, uh, the other repentant man, if he did not cows up, if he did not put on the shelves of his heart, mind, and spirit, amen, the goodness of God, the word of God, and good things, if he's empty, and he didn't obey the word of God to that place, guess what? The unclean spirit's coming back, but not by himself. That unclean Spirit's going to go and gather up seven more unclean spirits. And there's going to be eight unclean spirits coming to come into that vessel now. 
know why? Because the clean vessel didn't take the time to pursue and get something inside of it that would keep that strong man from entering back. I didn't mention it to you. I'm as concerned today with folks coming and receiving the Holy Ghost, claiming to receive the Holy Ghost, and never conquer the strong man in their lives. Something's not right. Now you shoot me full of holes of what they want to do. But you're going to see by the demonstration of Jesus Christ here, buddy. Lunatics come running to him and find deliverance. And we can't find it. Ladies that had battled with something for 12 years and couldn't find a resource and answer. But one moment, one touch with Jesus, healed her completely. It's a work, baby. You just got to sell out to it. You got you to gotta love not the world. That's, that's what it's got to happen. You can't hold on. I believe the Lord quickened me a little something. And I know Sister Mel, I've been praying for you. She's going to be teaching some girls in a couple of weeks. And that, that age has increased. And, and um, did you know Peter writes unto our ladies? You don't hardly ever hear this talked about. The ornaments to be covered with. What did Peter Wright said? That's precious in God's sight. You ladies know? A meek and quiet spirit. You know what? We got to persuade our little girls. You're not in competition with the worldly girls. Hands down. They're not even in the same race with you. You keep yourself. You don't need the makeup. You don't need the Barbie dolls of feature a man to do it. But the meekness in God's hand and God's power and God's kingdom and God's glory on you. He's got a suitable helpmate. If you got to do all that to get your helpmate, then you got to do all that and more to keep up. But if you let God beautify you, I tell you, that's not, they're not even in the same race. Same way, men. Say, if it's good for the women, it's good for the men. I don't have to look like the world and dress like the world and act like the world and get me a bride. Ladies and gentlemen, we got the best end of the deal, and I'm not for selling it out. So, she watched this. The power of Jesus Christ and what he demonstrated. This is the reason his own friends and his own family makes the remark, he's out of his mind. You can you research it for yourself. I did. I already researched it at least to some degree. Even in the premier Bible. This, this one is put out by one God. People makes the same statement about those words. All your commentaries makes the same statement about these words. <laughs> That's the reason the world looks at us a little odd sometimes. <laughs> In fact, my wife mentioned, they went this last week up there, and there was an elderly couple, and she said, you could tell, said, they looked at us like we was odd, like they'd never seen anybody like this, and, and all this stuff, you know. And you know what? There's a good chance they hadn't. And those chances are coming a lot less. And it's the church's fault. It's the church's fault. 
It's a pulpit's fault. <laughs> Amen. Because I'm telling you, the devil's doing everything he can to take the light out. Now, you can make light of this if you want to, and you go home and you do with it what you want to. But I'm telling you, this called out separating, it means something. Man, obedience unto the word of God, it gives us power. A power, a man that's above all the powers of the evil and wickedness. And so as we watch this begin to unplug, you're going to notice it in the beginning of this chapter with the withered hand. And he calls him to understand, and he straightens out that withered hand. And then it goes on. Now watch him. He's got, he's got followers, multitudes that are following him from Judea, from Jerusalem, and, and in different places. Another place they talk, four or five different. So there, there is multitudes that are enthroning Jesus and the disciples. Even to the point that they can't, you read it, go back, they can't get a place to eat, even a little rest to eat bread. Take a little snack. I always wondered why Jesus told those that he healed and blessed and delivered, don't go tell no one. Don't go tell them why. He knew. And I've warned us about this. He knew. I'm going to tell you what, you start, you start getting the right ones coming in here, and God delivers them out of wheelchairs, and God delivers them out of drugs, and God, you, this parking lot won't hold. But you and I better be prepared and ready, buddy. <laughs> and some of us has got thin skin, and we, you get upset because they're in your chair, or they're in your parking place, or whatever. They don't know. They just come in to be delivered. They just come to be set free. They just heard about a power. A power, amen, that could take the stronghold out of the lives. Take the strong man out of the life. Hey, I'm, I'm addicted. I'm, 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 I can't do it. I got to find somebody to help me. <laughs> come on, come on, ladies and gentlemen. We're connected to the body, which is connected to the head. Quit dividing one another. Quit fighting one another. Let's unite together and bind together to glorify the head. And let the head glorify the body. How's he going to do that? By turning water into wine. Amen. By performing miracles and wonders and signs in the heart and lives of people. It'll never happen if we're, we're not unified, if we're not joined together. <laughs> you got to quit your chat rooms. You got to quit your chat rooms. No, you ain't not on a computer doing it. But you can get your own little chat rooms. I'm not interested in tearing nobody down. I'm interested now. You got to preach truth now. You got to face truth sometimes because you're never going to do any better. That's like working for somebody. You keep making the same mistakes and they don't tell you and they get mad at you. Don't get mad at them if you hadn't told them. They may not know, may not have a clue. So you got to tell them. you got to instruct them. And once you do that, you're going to give them a period of time. Give them an opportunity to try to make the correction. Because you know what? That's the best method. That's the best way. Man, to, to, if they could do it on their own, their love for God, to please God. That's what it's about. So, so as you go on here and watch this. And he goes on how that uh, he went up to a mountain. I'm going to bypass all that. Going down to 21st. And the multitudes coming together again. Multitudes have come together. Multitudes now. Amen. So that they could not so much eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, to lay hold on Jesus. Jesus out of his mind, man. He's got these multitudes. Why is that so important? Did you know they would crush him? That throng, if you study it and look at it, it actually means crush. They all want to touch him. Can you imagine three and four and five hundred, maybe thousands, all wanting to touch you?
Oh, we've had, we've had folks in our nation that we enthroned them and made gods out of them. King of rock and roll. Couldn't go nowhere without bodyguards. We made, we made heroes out of those off the, the athletical fields and Hollywood. That has to have bodyguards that they, I mean, bodyguards make more money than all of us put in here to put together. And all they're doing is leading them into bondage. In greater bondage. Leading them into greater darkness because they love darkness. They love how they feed their ego and their pleasure. <laughs> Serving their bellies is what one place calls it. So, <laughs> and so the scribes now, the scribes, he's, he's in the house and the scribes is there. He says, which come down to Jerusalem said... He hath, watch him, he hath bells above, and by the prince of the devils is cast out. These devils, you know what was happening? They questioned the religious leaders, the spiritual, so-called spiritual leaders. What's y'all's problem? Man, this man Jesus, this stranger, this one y'all say is not the Messiah. This one that says he has no power and authority. Man, he's casting out. They accused him of doing it by bells above. It's by the devil he's doing it. Did you know you've been called a cult? Right here in this community. You'd be surprised the ones right here in this community that thinks you a cult. But we got to prove them wrong, don't we? We're going to go bust our head now. <laughs> you know that's not right. We're going to love them. The Bible says to love your enemy. The traits. And I know time's going to eat me up here. But, but we got some scriptures. Amen. It helps us. What's this? Oh, God. Luke 6 to 35 says, But love your enemies. <laughs> and do good. Lend hoping for nothing again. In other words, lending them, giving them, not expecting nothing in return. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one thing to love my brother and my sister. It's one thing to love my kinfolks, but it's quite another to love my enemy. But we're carrying a different trait. We're walking after a different kingdom. We've been endued with the power from on high. That we're walking in. We're governed by. Controlled, ruled by. Hey, when that old self wants to rise up, that's where you've got to kick in in the name of Jesus. Say, hey, this house is not going to be divided. from, And I'm not going to justify it either. Because we're living with that today. Everybody thinks they have a right because they was misdone. Man, I'm, <laughs> that's not all it covers in that verse. Now you watch him. Your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. He is kind unto the unthankful. Get so mad next time they don't appreciate what you do for them. I ain't having that jerk again. Come on, we all there? That's this old nature. It's this old man that don't. 
He wants to rec- be recognized. He wants to be patted on the back. He wants, but remember what Jesus said. That's your reward. You can impress him with your prayers on the street corners. You can pray those pretty prayers or long prayers if you want to. But all the Lord you got to get is what man can pat you on the back. But if you want to move from God, if you want the Holy Ghost to show up, if you want miracles and the power of God, the stronghold driven out of their life, you better get your secret place and get in your closet. And if you're doing it in the street, get God said, I'll metamorphose myself in the public. Well, opposite. Woo, praise God, folks. God's helping us. God works totally opposite of the world, of the way of the world, and the way of flesh. Thank God for it. So as you watch this, he begins to talk to him. He says, how can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So he brings it down from the kingdom, from a nation, right down to the house. Because the house is the grassroots of the nation and of the kingdom. This kingdom here will never be what God wants it to be. If you and I keep division between one another. Especially when we let little things cause division. We call it a wedge, don't we? Everybody know what a wedge is? I've used a many of them. You'd be amazed what you can move with a wedge. You take a good sledgehammer and a wedge and hand it to a good ship fitter, you'd be amazed. But you know what? <laughs> that wedge has got to start out real pointed. Starts out just <laughs> how much of a how much of a gap? How much of a crack? How much room do you have to give to that devil? Don't worry, he knows how to place the wedge. He knows when to place it. His brother Ford said, hey, he's been a devil a long time. He's ruined many of lives. We're no match for him. But you hear me this morning. He's no match for God. And he's no match for the Holy Ghost. And he's no match for the blood of Christ. And he's no match for obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I know we say this and we say this, I hope, kidding, surely. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it and then ask for forgiveness. The chances of you getting forgiveness when you willfully disobey God is very slim. Well, it ain't a whole lot to it. It's just a little bitty thing, but it won't stop there. And I'm pushing some spirits here this morning. I'm pushing the envelope this morning. <laughs> Some of you like to push it, but I'm pushing it right now. <laughs> but I'm pushing it back in the right place. Amen. Because there's times we just got to, you know what? We got to buckle down. And saying, you know what? That strong man. Hey, we sung the song. My count is settled. But the question is, it was a long time ago. Hey, don't let that doctrine get a hold of you. I settled this count 20 years ago. But what have you been doing the last 20 years? Is the couch still settled? 
Is the couch still white as snow? Is the couch still under the blood? Are we still walking in the kingdom of God? That's the key. Because you got a doctor now, Jenner, folks. They putting them in heaven left and right. They putting folks in heaven that never goes to church. Nowhere. They couldn't quote John 3, 16. Let's miss anything else. That's man's doing. But God, God's, God's, God's not a man. And neither is he going to be governed by man. And you know what? When it's all said and done, here's what's going to happen. He said it's written. And he demonstrated his power. He demonstrated it. So that's what he's saying here. If Satan comes divided, it won't last. Here's the problem with that. Beelzebub. Beelzebub, a man, was called a man. You can, you can put the B at the end or the L. And it leads you in the same direction. Actually, it was known as the Lord of Flies. There was about two or three others I think it was known as. Let me look right quick because I think I jotted them down. Uh, the Lord of Dung. God of flies. And watch the last one. God of dwelling. Now, that brings us right back in. According to the power that worketh within us. And so my traits that I'm walking in. What the image or the likeness. Now, when you talk about. Uh, now, watch what the light writer said about this. Amen. Watch what the writer says about. Some traits just become by genes. You just naturally, you know, you look like your mom. Or you look like your dad. You favor your aunt. Amen. I, I was amazed one time. We went down to Ain't Open before she had passed away. And Uncle Mac. And this has been a few years ago. And uh, we just. Uh, Uncle Mac was showing us things through the house and different things. And, and we walked by a table. And Joseph was with me. And um, so Joseph opened and my wife, we all went. And, and Joseph all of a sudden bumped me. He said, hey, come here, I want you to look at something. So I walked back in there. And on the table, there sat a picture of Sarah Sue when she was about four or five years old. She almost looked like the, uh, or maybe I should say, Anlin looked almost like the same image. He punched me. He said, who's that look like? I said, my goodness. And it looked like Anlin. I mean, it looked just like the blonde hair, the blue eyes, everything. Looked just like her. He said, Uncle Matt, come here. He said, Ann Lynette said, looks just like. And she did. The spitting image. <laughs> so you know what? You know what our goal is as Christians, as Holy Ghost vessels, filled with the Holy Ghost and walking in the light, walking in. We got to have the image of our Father, our Heavenly Father. So everything you read in that book, that's, that's the image or the traits of God, which is kindness and love. And then we go on when we talk about the Holy Ghost. And in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23, it talks about nine fruits that comes along with the Holy Ghost. That's just as important as speaking in tongues. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of folks that speak in tongues but live like a devil when it comes to the fruit. They don't even have no fruit. They don't have no gentleness, no kindness, no meekness, no faith, no joy, no love, no charity. Come on, I'm just preaching to us. Amen. But those fruits, are simple. that's going to be evidence. Amen. You know, I want to be found in guilty. Amen. In a courtroom of God. Amen. Amen. Of being out of my mind sometimes. You loving somebody about telling you what they've done, everything they could to destroy, but you loved them anyway. Well, what about God? He loved Israel. Every time they turned their back, every time they backslid. But you know what? You and I have got to love when, when everybody else wants to give up you and I just got to keep on loving that's not an easy thing to do right. takes God right. takes God it's the reason you got to love him more what's this I believe love is the power of prayer I really do to live for God I believe you got to pray I believe you got to pray for it 
God put the will in me. Put the desire in me. Put that affection and passion in me, God. I want to love you. I want to serve. You got to ask. This ideal that they, we think God just magically is going to do. He's not. Ask and you shall receive. He knows what we have need of. But we got to ask. Asking what opens up. It's kind of like the little bird in the nest. You ever watched them? Man, when that bird comes in, and it don't matter what mom or daddy's got in their mouth. It could be a big old bug, a big old worm, a big old whatever. They can have a piece of dirt, a piece of leaf. Them babies don't care. They trust mama. Oh, come on. And why do you think... Why you think trust? Amen. It's trying to be torn down in our nation. Because you know what? When it's torn down in the nation, it's going to be torn down in the church. And if he can tear down trust in the church and the body of the church, amen, I tell you, the devil's almost got us. How many of us, if we'd be real honest this morning, we really trust one another? I would be. I'd be quiet too. You know why? Because we're more prone to believe the bad in one another. Before we really believe the good. How much good news you've heard lately? Bad, bad. There's only one real good news. What is the good news? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Good tidings. Good news, ain't it, baby? That's right. Amen. Because when you hear about Jesus and you experience Jesus and the love of Jesus and the power of Jesus because you really don't experience him because you can't call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. But once you receive the Holy Ghost and he becomes your Lord, guess what? The strong man had been bound. The strong man that held him. That's what we're talking about. Whenever the withered man's hands were straightened out, he demonstrated. He didn't only just talk about it. He demonstrated. And so likewise should the church demonstrate the power of God and the love of God. Amen. When they walk in this place, this is a place they can find love. They can find deliverance. They can find a help. He would just deliver me from the strong man. The strong man that's got me bound. So that's the reason he talks about this. And he goes all the way through. If Satan should rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he will first bind the strong man. And then he will spoil his house. What was Jesus telling them? It was all about casting out devils. That means, you know, watch this. They want to credit credit to the devil. That's the reason Paul, after a few days, spun around in the 16th chapter of Acts and cast out that spirit of the little damsel that was telling the truth. But Paul wanted everybody else to know, we don't need the devil's help. That's where you go in the Old Testament. There was times they wouldn't let those others help them build the temple. That's the reason we don't let just any and everybody on the platforms and that's the reason I got a right to draw some lines that can disqualify some whenever they don't want to obey it. 
You get huff and puff and mad if you want to. But I'm telling you, we're trying our best to keep the wolf from blowing the house down. And I tell you, he'll blow it down if it's built out of stick and hay and stubble. But if you'll build it out of the stone called Jesus Christ and don't found it on the word of God and on the other I tell you, he can huff and puff all he wants to. You and I will just do right. We'll survive. Yep, I'm hitting home. I'm hitting home. Obedience. First Peter 1 and 14 put it this way. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. Living in a world today, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, if you just read your Bible, you'll see. Paul wrote it this way to the Corinthians church. Such were some of you, but now you're washed. You don't walk in that course of life. You're not a servant unto that. Why? The strong man was bound. The strong man was conquered. The law. What is that strong man? It's called the law of sin. There's only one that can deliver us from the power of the law of sin. And that's to allow the law of the spirit called the Holy Ghost to take up captivity. And watch this. The mind. Jesus said, I come to to take the captive captive. (laughs) Who is the captive? You and I. We was, we was held even against our own will by the prince of the air and by the iniquity uh, of the spirit of iniquity because we was born in this condition. Amen. And the only way to get out of that condition and that influence is to be born again. Amen. We must be born again that the influence of that old man and the old spirit don't dominate and rule over us. And so this captive that's been held captive is took captive by, by Jesus Christ, by the good tidings, by the gospel, by the experience of Pentecost by giving ourselves over to a kingdom that's greater than the kingdom of darkness. We've got to make our way to the kingdom of light. As we come to this, that's the reason you got to love the light. Some men hate the light. Why? Because the light reveals, manifests. It, it helps to see. And there's not a greater light than the Spirit of God. To let it shine in the word of God. That's the reason it calls it a mirror. That we can look into it. And see our condition. Not to destroy us. But to save us. When the road washed out up here. What some of the first things that was done. Put up. Put, put deputy sheriffs out there with blue lights. They didn't park in the ditch either. They didn't park on the side over here with the lights off. And, you know, well, I hope they don't run in it. I mean, it don't matter. I mean, it don't matter how you live. It don't matter how you drive. Uh, they'll be all right. That's the way they want to handle God and the Word of God. No matter what you believe. You know, me and the man upstairs, we're going to work it out. You're going to work it out through the Word of God and coming through the cross and the blood of the Lamb. Or you're not working nothing out with God. 
That's God's contract, honey. God's got a contract that you and I got to line up to. Like it or not, God's got a contract to man, to every man, woman, boy, and girl. And everybody's going to give an account for the deeds done. Or the right. Nobody's exempt. Well, you just don't know how. You got to, that's what I'm talking about. You got to throw all that aside. Throw every weight aside. You know what? Holy Ghost people, they're the ones that's got weights. Because if we're not careful, we'll start picking them back up. Life and things of life can cause this. <laughs> but we just got to make up in our minds and hearts. And Man, I'm not going to let that dominate me. I'm going to let that become a stronghold in my life. <laughs> you know what they've done? They got people on both sides. I didn't show up, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you they weren't parked in the side of the road over there in the ditch. They didn't park. No, it's better parking one room up at the, the Methodist Church. Y'all, y'all pull, all pull over. No. The first one's got their son got right in the middle of that road. A safe distance from it. Flagging down any and everybody else that come. That's what church, that's what preaching, that's what the Word of God is all about. Trying to flag people down. Trying to let us light shine on a dark world. It's full of gross darkness. But thank God for a day spring, a day star called Jesus Christ. And a gospel that this world and our nation has done everything it could to down, downplay church and men of God. Making jokes and making lies. Not realizing, amen, that the prince of the air behind all that was making inroads. Sh- slowly but surely making inroads to tear it down and, and, and things of that nature. So they would lose respect, amen, and fear. Because when you respect somebody, there's a certain amount of fear that comes along with that. But here's, here's the problem with some of that. I know what time's at. We can stand. Here's the problem with some of that. It doesn't stop with just the church and the preacher. Now it's bleeded over into the schools. It's bleeded over into the officials and law-abiding officials and, 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 and sheriffs and deputies and highway patrolmen and right up to the White House. Because when you lose respect, you lose fear and you lose trust. And we're about at the point where nobody trusts nobody. That's just how the devil works. That's how the spirit of iniquity. That's how darkness and grope darkness works against us. <laughs> That's the reason it's so important to guard your own house. Have a watchman at your own house. That's the reason it's a lot easier to get out of that, that so-called competition with the world. Trying to use the methods and the ways of the world. No, we got the best thing going for us. If you got Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, and if you don't, that's your business. You come and sit on these chairs, you do what you want to. That's going to be up to you. But I just believe with everything in me, you're not going to be able to stand on judgment day and say that preacher didn't try to tell me. You can point your finger at everybody, but I'm going to tell you. It gets right down to a personal deal between me and Jesus Christ. 
I say it all the time. My wife won't never send me to hell. My children won't. My grandchildren won't. No one in this church won't. If I wind up in hell, it won't be nobody's fault but my own. Mine. Mine. I won't be able to blame nobody else. Because God's never done me wrong. I don't care what avenue he, he allowed me to go down. What I had to experience. He still didn't do me. It was for my good. Because all things work together for good. It's a purpose and a reason. If I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. and walking in the kingdom. I'm walking in the. I, there's a purpose behind it. That's what he bought me for. That's what he bought you for. To be a light into this world. To be an example. To be a house that's made up its mind. I'm not going to be divided. Amen. I'm going I'm to fall in love with this. I'm going I'm to read it and study it and apply it. And I'm going I'm to my best. Amen. I'm going to instruct my babies. Lead my babies. It's amazing what some parents do. They live no telling, you know, how. Until all of a sudden, they start having children. And they look around and realize that baby may follow me. And they say, hey, I'm fixing to change some ways. I had a gentleman come in the store here a few days ago, and I could tell his character's changed, his passions have changed. One reason he brushed death's door. The second reason, at his age, he knows he's a lot closer to it. And it's something to think about. But let's don't wait till we get in our winter years. Let's don't wait until these things happen. That's a good time. Don't get me wrong. Afflictions ought to drive us to God. I got the Bible to pack that up, back that up. But it's a lot better, amen, to, I want to sell out today. I want to humble and submit myself. I know we're living in a world today that's done its best to put on us no fear and put on us no, no submit to nothing or nobody. But everybody's submitting to something. Some force, some power, whether it's light or darkness. Voices, passions, affections. How you reason things and how you judge things. But I'm going to tell you something. None of it's going to trump this. None of it. Having a sound mind. Having a made up mind. Making up in our minds and hearts that I'm not going to be divided. I'm going to work toward. I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to work toward unity. I'm going to prefer my brother. I'm going to do everything that's in my power and ability for unity's sake. See the love and the power of God to flow through us among our community and among those around us because God loves us here. I've hoped something has been said here today. I know I didn't get to cover all the lesson, but a lot of it we did and Maybe I've said some things that some of it might be a little hard to swallow or receive. Or, but it's, it's still there. If you go to the very end of this lesson, and I know i got you standing, I'm fixing to let you go. And under the heading of Jesus' family members, share his traits. If you drop down there, you're going to see such as John 14 and 9, Hebrews 1 and 3, which talks about the express image. You're going to see John 6 and 38 that talks about it came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Talking about of Jesus Christ. 
The latter part talks about it falls right back into that obedience. And man, the obedience of the new birth. Born, to, not of flesh and man, or the will of man, but of God. Becoming the sons of God, the vessels of God. Depending on and putting our trust in Him. His word, the promises of His word. Church, I'm telling you, let's build our lives on what this Bible says. Let's stay with it. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be times of warfare and battle. Times of testing and trying. But you just stay with it. You know what? We're going to be victorious if we'll do that. This is how we'll keep our families. Because here's the deal. If I, if I let a giant, if I let a spirit into my family and, and affect me here, then Keith's going to have to deal with it. And Brooke's going to have to deal with it. And then their grandbaby's going to have to deal with it. But the more that I can stop here and prevent happening here. And a lot of people don't believe this, but I'm fixing to say this. And, and hey, and I, I lost my daddy. He, he was young. He was only 44 years old. I was only 18. But and you can ask my brothers. You never heard my mom and daddy. We didn't know nothing, any gossip at all that went on in the community. I'm telling you. I didn't say they didn't talk about it, but not in front of us five boys, they didn't. They never fussed, not one time. Not one time. I know we live in a different world. I know. But there's a lot of conversations carried on in front of kids today that 40 years ago would have never happened. You're sowing seed. And those babies pick them up, buddy. They may not have heard, they probably didn't hear none of the good stuff. All they heard was them few words they didn't need to hear. And that's what they'll remember. And all of a sudden, they'll start picking up that fight just like you. It's a spiritual thing, folks. It's traits. If you don't have enough, you know, to work and to keep unity in your family, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something in your relationship with God wrong. Come on, pray. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. If you don't work on to keep unity in your earthly family, then there's something wrong with your relationship with your heavenly Father. Because in, in, in Matthew 5, I believe it is, about the, not too far down the list, he calls us the peacemakers. The any hope of this nation and our families is for you and I to live for God and be the peacemakers. And sometimes we may have to swallow a lot of crow and take a lot of junk, but I'm here to tell you it's going to be worth it at the end of the road and you still got your family. That's the same way it works for the church. That's the same way it works for the church. Let's work together. Let's pray. Let's bind together and join together. Because the Bible said God is not the author of confusion. If there's confusion, it's the enemy. It's not from God. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you. We're so thankful for your presence and for your word. 
We ask you, God, that, that you take up a bold in us. We know where our help comes from. We know the one that anoints us and guides us day in and day out. That helps us along this life's journey to make the right decisions, to go in the right direction. And God, we pray this morning that you'd help us as a church. Help us as individuals, God, both the small and great things to make decisions that are pleasing to you. Help us, God, to grow up. Help us to be mature. Help us be the soldiers of our generation, of our time. Help us to bear the cross and run this race. Help us to be like our Apostle Paul, that we can finish this course. When we can hold on, when we, we fought a good fight, and we have kept the faith, God. As you anoint and bless us and guide us, help us as we make our way back tonight. That the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God would saturate this place. Giving you the glory and the praise and the honor for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. See you tonight. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. God bless you.